0: Bringing you stories of freedom, responsibility, and personal potential. This is the Success Journeys Podcast, and here's your host, Katie Napoleon-Hill.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Success Journeys Podcast. In each episode, I interview incredible guests who share their own personal journey to success. They share their highs and their lows, their joy and their pain, and the true underlying story of what it took to get to where they are today. Today on the Success Journeys podcast, we're talking with Mariam Paré, someone who always says yes to life. Mariam is a hugely talented artist and mouth painter, fundraiser, inspirational speaker, and founding member of STEM Studios, an organization that provides world-class arts education to underserved Chicago communities. Ever since she was little, Mariam always loved to paint. Her passion for creating art continued throughout her teenage years and Mariam dreamed of a career making art. In 1996, at the age of 20, her journey was diverted tragically off course when she became the victim of gun violence. While stopped at a stop sign in the driver's seat of a friend's car, gunfire erupted on the adjacent sidewalk. In a matter of seconds, the unthinkable happened and Mariam's life changed forever. A single bullet passed through the door of the car and struck her in the back of the neck, paralyzing her instantly. Though Mariam wouldn't let that stop her, she used her love for her art to pull her through and embarked on a long period of rehabilitation. She slowly and painfully relearned to do everyday activities, which had previously been taken for granted. Mariam learned to get around using a wheelchair. She learned new ways of holding things with fingers that did not move. She also learned how to use her mouth for tasks that required tight grip or precision in her movements. At the Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago, a therapist taught Mariam to hold a pencil in her mouth to write her name. This single lesson exposed Mariam to a new possible way of painting. She realized, if she can control a pencil in this way, then why not a paintbrush? With earnest determination, she soon began to teach herself how to paint again using her mouth. Over the years, Mariam has provided inspirational and memorable speaking services for many groups and companies. Twenty years after her violent injury, painting by mouth has become second nature to Mariam, who now proudly possesses painting skills tantamount to that of any able-bodied counterpart. She exhibits her work in galleries both nationally and locally, as well as in numerous private collections. She works prolifically from her home studio in Chicago, and I'm immensely privileged to have her on the show today. Hi, Mariam. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Hello, Katie.
0: What a great introduction. Thank you for having me.
1: You're very, very welcome, and I think it's very well deserved. I have to say, I had a look at your website, and I had a look at so many of your paintings that you've made, and I've just been so inspired because it's almost like you have an eye of a camera, and you're able to see and capture that. And you appear to have a very positive outlook on life as well, Mariam. How did you cope with your challenging days after the accident, and how did you get through that? Wow, um, you know, it it was very hard
0: after having such a life changing injury. You know, I call it my injury. The day that I had a spinal cord injury, I was victim of gun violence, like you said. You know, your whole world changes and I did do a certain amount of grieving, as you can imagine. It took me a long time. At first I was very depressed and mm-hmm. I, I my whole future was uncertain. So for a long time I I was depressed and miserable. I think that my outlook changed just through time and um just finding purpose. I think, you know, my artwork had a lot to do with that. Having art still in my life gave me a purpose. It was one of the one things that I had from my former life as an able-bodied person. I mean sure I was painting in a different way and I wasn't as good at it as I used to as as I had been with my mm-hmm. hands. I saw that there was hope and potential to still be an artist and I think painting and practicing and learning to paint with my mouth drew me out of some of those darker darker times when I didn't
1: know how to be a disabled person and I was very uncertain about my future. Mhm. That's really interesting that you mentioned about finding purpose. There's a great book which you may have come across called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And he talks uh, he he was a, a, an author who wrote uh, a, a piece of work during the concentration camp and he actually lost his work um, and had to rewrite it and it was only when he found meaning for survival within the camps he mentioned within with his work he was a, a prominent psychologist that it wasn't until somebody found a purpose within the concentration camp that either for a piece of work whether it was an artwork a book, a writing or the hope of meeting their loved ones that they were able to survive. So that's very interesting. I think that concept is so true. Having one shred of hope or one
0: sense of purpose can be the one thing that can save you from from despair. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think humans need to cling to a purpose and to meaning. Mm-hmm. I I completely agree with you, and um, um, likewise with your artwork. I, I find the same thing with with, with my writing so I, I understand where you're coming from. Um your love of art started in childhood I understand. How how was your childhood actually full of art? You know I I have always been a creative
0: when I was a little girl I remember being extremely curious extremely inquisitive and I think a lot of that stemmed from my parents my father he was in in the Marine Corps but Mm -hmm. he was a photographer on the side and I would always see him thinking of ideas and and making creating things and 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 pursuing his ideas and the same thing with my mother she was from Morocco and she was always cooking and crocheting Mm -hmm. and sewing and so these things were instilled in me and inspired I always felt capable um, and I was encouraged to be creative as a child so I I embraced it I I really was just always something that was a part
1: of me that's fascinating that you mentioned that you your your, your father was a photographer because your paintings as I mentioned especially that there's one with the dog um, it it's the the, uh, the puppy in oil um, you capture the, the, your your paintings every single strand and the dog's hair and the, the you, you can see the the glint in the eye it's almost at at first when i saw it i thought it was a photograph so i'm 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 fascinated that as a child you spent time with your father who was a photographer
0: yeah and you i learned also you know observation i think that is something that i learned from his process with photography as you You learn how to look at things and find the uniqueness and beauty, the things that make something beautiful. I think I do apply that to my painting because half of the challenge of painting, whether I'm painting with my hand or my mouth, or Mm -hmm. I cannot no longer paint with my hand, but when I used to, it is about just looking at the thing in front of you and breaking it down to the parts that make it up. So um, when I do my realistic paintings, I am trying to find the nuances, the little things that make it special, the details that maybe most people don't see
1: or they're not, their eyes aren't trained to see. That's fascinating. I was just thinking about this, this psychologist that um, used to, he had polio when he was a child. You probably know his name. It's escaped me completely. And he... He was confined to a bed, and he would study people and emotions. And he noticed how their words, what they were saying to people, did not correspond with their visual um, facial expressions. And it sounds like you—you are—you you are a student of um, of nature, student of life, and you capture that within your paintings, which is fascinating.
0: Yes, I try. I think a lot of artists are
1: are astute at that, observing. It is part of the, the craft. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And this brings me on to a question that I was really interested in, the fact that given that you had to relearn to paint with your mouth, how challenging was it? And could you tell me a little bit about what it's actually like to be able to paint using your mouth?
0: Oh, yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, now, and I think I, I've been painting with my mouth for so long, I don't, I sometimes forget that it might be interesting to somebody or different it's so mm-hmm. second nature for me it's like it's it's muscle memory I, I do it and I don't think anything of it but it is now it's a, an extension of my my heart my feelings being able to just hold the brush in my mouth and create is a, a very essential part of me but when I was learning to paint with my mouth stemming back from that That moment when I was the first months when I was in a wheelchair and I lost the use of my hands and I'm sitting there, you know, wondering how I'm ever going to paint again or even feed myself again. I mean, there were other things that came before painting and I was finding new ways to do things. Um, It's like with anything else you have to try. And when I when I first put the pen in my mouth and I wrote my name and I said, wow, I can hold this pen and i thought well i'm going to apply it to painting i did i did then slowly try to paint but i wasn't very good at it and i was wobbly and and shaky mm-hmm. and this is from the contrast of just months before as an able bodied person i was painting at a very high level and i had a lot of experience painting so it was very humbling to have that contrast of loss of ability but i knew I knew how to paint. I just had to find a way to make my mouth do it. Now that I found a way to hold the brushes, I could no longer hold the brushes in my hand, and I figured I could hold them with my mouth, I said, this is something that practice is going to help with. And I saw the potential, and I did practice every day. It took me years Mm -hmm, to get mm -hmm. to the point where I was painting with my mouth even somewhat as good as I had painted with my hands. And that was part of my journey. I think that's part of my whole story is that I I had been an artist and I then lost the ability to use my hands, learned to paint with my mouth and was very bad at it for a long time, but I stuck with it because I loved art. I love to paint. I I I have so many things to say with my art that even though it took me years, I kept trying to get better. And so when I hear you tell me things like Mm -hmm. you love my painting of the puppy, you see the realism in it, it's so validating to me because I feel like it's only in maybe the last few years that I finally completed my journey of becoming the artist that I always wanted to be and always knew I could be. It was just that I had this huge diversion to get here. But now that I, I am here and I am painting and being able to express myself in the way that I want to, and not limited by my physical physicality so much mm-hmm. anymore, that is what I I think is is my success story.
1: Wow, Mariam, um, inspiring is I think a too lesser word to, to say. Simply because, firstly, I'm, I'm overcome by your optimism. The the use of words you you use such words to describe. The the fact that you, you 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 decided that nothing was going to limit you 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 were you were adamant that you were going to get to the stage of painting just as good and and now it's probably even better than you've ever painted and it's not just me that is inspired by your paintings and and your your talent as an artist I I I've been on social media and I've seen all the comments and. So many people love your work, and you say that it, it touches you, and I think you touch so many other people because, with, within your paintings, there's, um, you, you have some Christmas. Uh, paintings of, of santa looking inside a bag um, of presents and i was touched by the fact that what was really interesting it's almost like you have messages hidden within your paintings and 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 i noted that the the toys were almost looking up and saying well, perhaps this is my perception however everyone probably has their own perception within your paintings the toys were looking up to say as if to say does anyone realize i'm here and uh, and you have also a collection of other uh, paintings. So many paintings <laughs> that that um, I, I think it's the, the is it named the the heavy um, collection the heavy series. Yes. yes, and and that's really interesting as well because that's how it has a message. Could you tell me is is there a message within within your paintings that are hidden for people to see? Ah, uh, you know, I try, I mm-hmm. try, I don't always succeed, but. I don't want to
0: just, when I paint, to make a replication of of an image. I'm not looking at a reference photo and just trying to paint exactly what I see. I am trying to insert meaning, insert mm-hmm. um, intrigue whenever I can. And I, I am a very eclectic painter. A lot of people tell me that. They say, oh, you do these Christmas cards and you do landscapes and you do portraits. And then, like you mentioned, the Heavy series. Yes. And if I may, let me explain why that mm. is. Um, you know, as an artist, you I have to, I have to work. And then there's a, there's the very creative, whimsical Mm -hmm. side of my, my creativity. But when I'm working, you know, I, I paint as an artist in the association of artists, the mouth and foot painting Mm -hmm. artists, they're called the MFPA. And us artists in the association make a living by having our artwork recreated in Christmas cards and calendars. So a lot of the work that I create for the MFPA are of traditional subjects. Like I do my, my Christmas themes, my Santa Claus my landscapes. And I love doing that. Don't get me wrong. I love mm-hmm. that, but it is for a uh, means to an end mm-hmm. um, to, to fit within a wide range of liked subjects. So, I do have that um, style of my art. And um, then there is other paintings that I do personally for myself, which I'm not trying to, you know, have licensed or to sell Mm -hmm. even, but to express myself like the Heavy series. Mm -hmm. And the Heavy series was a series of paintings. And if if anyone listening wants to see, they can go to my website and Mm -hmm. see. I can slightly describe the paintings. Some of the paintings are... Like a single bird tied to a boulder,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or um, clouds that are hanging limp
1: mm-hmm. in
0: in a void uh, landscape, uh, and there's more. There's there's a, a girl buried to her chest, and what I was trying to say in this series of paintings, again titled "Heavy," um, was I was trying to express. I was trying to create imagery that would express. The experience of paralysis mm. to to someone who was maybe able-bodied. Um, like if I couldn't with words tell them what it's like to be a quadriplegic or to not not literally or you know, literally what it's like, but more like the emotional sensations. And that's what that series of paintings was. And people had different interpretations of it anyway. And so I I, I enjoyed that making that
1: series i am so glad that you discussed that because i I felt it um as someone who expresses themselves with with words and when we, we when we when I was a student many years ago we we were taught how to let's say in Shakespeare works and so on how to look for the hidden meaning and I've never experienced it with anything else but words Uh, yet when I saw your paintings I I felt it I I could feel what you were trying to convey and I I think that's why it touched me so much because you had such a varied um, eclectic range of paintings yet that series really made me feel what you were trying to convey so I think that's probably why you're you're seen as so talented simply because you're able to make people feel what what you're expressing, and I, I guess that's that that's the job of an artist. What um, I, I wanted to ask you next was: How do you actually decide what to paint, and and where does your inspiration come from apart from having to earn the day to day funds, which is within the Christmas series? I like to
0: paint anything that I find interesting at the time. And it it changes all the time. Um, sometimes I, it's emotionally inspired or sometimes it's just maybe I'm interested in a certain color one day. I don't limit myself and I try not to peg myself into into one thing and keep doing it all the time. I'm continually trying to experiment and challenge myself. Some I've even been criticized for it. Mm. But I always feel like, you know, rules are made to be broken in the art world. People think that they need to work on one style. And maybe there is that's true. But I've never been an artist to do that because there's so many wonderful things about life and so many wonderful things I could paint I just, I want to do it all. And there's very little time in life. So I'm always trying to do something else. So if you ask me what inspires me, I would say that it it changes all the time. And
1: I think that's what keeps painting exciting. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yes, we only have the dash between the date that we're born and the date that we pass. And ultimately, that's our life. And... What's really interesting is that you, you mentioned that even a colour can inspire you, Mariam. And I noticed one of my most favourite pictures is actually a painting that you drew. It's a self-portrait. And and everyone out there, when you go to Mariam's website, and we'll give you the details at the end of the show, Mariam drew an amazing picture, self-portrait, and it's actually uh, with a pair of headphones on the head however the color blue features with it and I was really interested and inquisitive to know why was blue used and 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 the other thing is also I believe that even, even you may have even had blue eyes in the picture whereas in fact in real life your eyes are brown yes I'm actually looking at that
0: painting right now as I mm. sit in my studio um I, you, you are very very um you should be an art reviewer because <laughs> I think you, you've been picking up these subtleties that I think that maybe other people don't notice. But mm. yes, I did change the sc- color of my skin and the color of my eyes. Mm. I, I, I did that. I think because at the time I painted that I was feeling very angsty. I was self-reflective. I was going through maybe an emotional mm. something. I think I was, I was, I was, being self-reflective and that sometimes I do paint myself, um, when I'm feeling that way. I also try to capture a look in my eyes that was saying something of, of almost like a a look on my face to say that I had, I knew something Mm -hmm. and I, I knew something that maybe others don't know. And so I think
1: that's where my choice of colors come and these little subtleties, and i think you it's it's amazing because i i don't know if you find this perhaps during our downtimes sometimes whether you're a poet whether you're an artist whether you're a painter we might not see it at the time yet we sometimes produce some of our best work what are your thoughts about that looking looking at the painting afterwards i would i would i would agree with that
0: passion mm-hmm. passion comes from emotion mm-hmm. um Anger, um, fear, these emotions, these strong emotions are catalysts for creativity. Often with me, I don't know if it's the cliche, artists are, uh, you know, the the emotional artist, but I, I find that I'm very inspired by by my emotions because it causes me to want to, to make a difference, to express myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the past years, I've been experimenting with advocacy. You know, I am a I am a victim of gun violence and I have had turmoil and adversity in my life with disability. And in the last few years, I've learned that working that out through my art, and it took me years to get to the point where I even felt like I could talk about these subjects in my art, through my art. And only recently am I doing it like through the heavy series. And I did some other paintings about being a victim of gun violence but that stemmed from a very deep place. And then when I finally tapped into that emotion, I found that there was powerful work there that does move people. Mm-hmm. And when you can move people or make people listen or even start a dialogue on the topics, say, for instance, gun violence, it becomes empowering as an artist to have something to say about that. So I have been trying to tap into that more. But I think it took a certain maturity level with me. I. I don't know if I was ready before now mm-hmm. to 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 conquer or tackle these these topics, um, but ever since I started, I don't know if I can stop now. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's the future for my work. I really see that. I think that that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to continue to try to say meaningful things about my personal experience
1: and people who have lives like mine. That's amazing. And what I wanted to ask you, Maria, many artists state their creativity or work seems to come from somewhere else as if they're a vessel or something else appears to be doing the work what are your personal thoughts about this I think I
0: know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. that's like the flow when when an artist gets into the flow where they're painting Mm -hmm. and they feel like every brushstroke is intuitive and they're grooving, right? Mm-hmm. They're, On they're, the beam. <laughs> and I I get that way too, but I don't I don't know if that comes from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if there's a difference between outside inside if we're talking spiritual or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah. sometimes I feel like it's just being in tuned. It's being present. It's allowing oneself to be present, really present. And balanced and open and that's where that flow comes from um in in relation to painting with my mouth or with my hand I learned to tap into that flow in a sense where expressing myself my artwork comes from in my soul my heart my Mm -hmm. mind not so much the limb Mm -hmm. that I choose to render it so I think it comes from within And that's why it doesn't matter whether I'm painting with my hand or my my mouth that that the artwork is still coming from inside inside me. Um, I try to tap in that all the time to bypass the physicality of painting with my mouth.
1: Absolutely. And I think. As somebody who sees your your work i I see you just I see you as an artist <laughs> you know when when you see somebody's work you you see the message that they they're bringing from that as well as the the beautiful painting that you might want to put on the walls. so regardless of a disability or non-disability you're you're an artist. <laughs> you're somebody have, that, yeah, that that have that,
0: the art stand for itself as well absolutely. like I don't I don't want people to say, oh. Oh, you know, good, good for you. Oh, you're an artist with a disability. Oh, that's really neat. No, I, I would rather somebody have the artwork stand for itself, and then if somebody thinks it's interesting because I painted it with with, with my mouth, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they're inspired that I painted it with my mouth, but the artwork should stand stand on its on its own. Yes,
1: absolutely. And I think in life, everyone has a disability, whether it's uh, losing a loved one, whether it's suffering from post-traumatic stress sometimes you can't see those things the the key thing is are you living your your true mission in life and are you are you living your purpose and and doing your job while you're here on this planet uh, during the time that you're given and I think that through your work um, I'm privileged to be enjoying it and I'm sure many other of our listeners out there will be too and brings me to the point of who was actually your greatest inspiration or mentor to date and what have they taught you? You know, I, I've thought about this before.
0: I haven't had technically a mentor. Mm-hmm. Being a mouth painting artist, there's not a lot of other people out there doing it. So I've never truly had like a mentor in the sense of a mouth painting mentor. But the people who inspire me are other great artists who are prolific and who are are reaching people with their art. I mean, I could name some names, you know, well, of course, you know, Frida Kahlo comes to mind because, you know, she was a disabled artist. Um, she, with her work painting, her honesty and her paintings were um, breaking the taboos of disability and, and femininity. And, you know, that just inspires me so greatly. And mm-hmm. for a long time, I I thought a lot about her life and Oh, it just gave me such courage to to be more honest with my work. And, um, you know, there's other artists too, con- contemporary artists of the day that are, they have great work ethics. I'm a very, personally, I'm a very ambitious person. I'm very mm-hmm. highly motivated. So other artists who I see that are working hard, you know, very much inspire me.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really interesting, actually, that you bought the name of Frida because you actually drew a a picture of her. And at the time, I, I thought, is it a famous actress and so forth? Could you tell me a little bit about who she was? Oh, Frida Kahlo. She yes.
0: was a Mexican painter um, of like the 19, oh gosh, I want to say... Oh, my goodness, my art history. (laughs) Uh, I think this 50s, 60s, um, her husband was Diego Rivera, who was a very famous male artist, but she was kind of in the background the whole time creating this very interesting art she had been in a trolley accident when she was a teenager Mm -hmm. and had polio as well so Mm -hmm. she spent most of her life in bed with traction and braces and pain and she walked with a limp a lot of people don't even know this about her but she was a painter and she would paint from her bed and she would paint while in traction and pain and the things she later began to paint were her experiences. She had many miscarriages and never had children, so she would paint paintings of her miscarriages. She would paint paintings of her accident. She would. She also had a unibrow. She was so honest, she would paint herself in these portraits with a glorious unibrow. She was all about painting the truth. And she was, her art was against everything that was going on at the time. Nobody was doing this. No, everybody was painting things that were very nice and sweet. And, and here she was just painting these surreal, fantastical paintings. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she was a, a groundbreaker. She was a pioneer. One of the first artists with, with disabilities of our, of our time.
1: That's really interesting because, as I as I mentioned, um, everyone out there, um, Mariam, as actually, you've, you've painted a beautiful painting of uh, Frida. Uh, and, and from my recollection, I, I haven't got it in front of me, it was, um, there's a lot of pinks in there. And what came across is that, uh, Frida was a very, very strong woman. That's what cap- captivated me from that painting. It's like she looked like a, almost like a leader and somebody that you would, uh, almost like the Mayor angela of, of, of our day. Uh, yes. And um, I wanted to find out more, and yet I held back on searching about her because I wanted to find out from you because you captivated her spirit, in essence. What I wanted to find out is... Likewise, what is your favorite piece of artwork that you've created to date that will inspire generations to come?
0: Oh, Katie, I don't know if I've painted that yet. That I mean, <laughs> already have. I every artist is, is in hopes to one day paint their masterpiece. I think my masterpiece has not yet come, but I think it's in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can answer perhaps what is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, painting of my own. Um, and that was a painting I probably painted like 10 years ago when I was in art school, and it wasn't even that good. But I, I think it was one of the first paintings that I painted really well. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, this this is a really good painting. This I couldn't see any any flaws in it of, of a painterly criticism. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the subject matter was something I was dealing with at the time. It was called Memento Mori. And it's a painting of a woman who looks like she'd just given birth and she has a baby um, clasped to her chest and there's angels flying around her to a window that's open. And what I was trying to say with that painting was Memento Mori means Remember your mortality, or you know, it's a Latin phrase, but it, it really means like just remember we're we're born to die, and it's not necessarily a morbid mm-hmm. painting. In this, I wasn't trying to be sad, but sometimes you can get a lot of power from remembering that you are one day going to die. This child in this painting was born to a world where it was going to have to struggle for itself. The the woman, it was, looks like she's cringing in pain, like she might die. The angels were there. The angels couldn't do anything. It it was all about being um, strong. This child was going to to be strong. Maybe it was even me. I was telling Mm -hmm. myself, this is me in this world that you're going to have to give yourself mercy. The angels might not be able to help you. Your mother might not be able to help you. You have to be strong. And that painting even though other people might not know what it is me personally marked the beginning of something bigger coming
1: from my art that's amazing mariam firstly because momentum More it's imagining that you're almost on your deathbed and what looking back in a positive way, there's a there's a book, allow me to explain, there's a book called 101 Ways to Motivate Yourself and the writer within the book starts off by asking the reader to imagine that they're on their deathbed in a positive way and looking back, what would they like to achieve? And although it may sound, may sound shocking, I think a lot of people who may have been through challenges, including myself, including you, um, might then take that as an opportunity to live their life fully. And I am fascinated that the the essence that you, you, you mentioned about, uh, that's found in Momentum More is really, firstly, to live your life fully, and secondly, that no one is coming to the rescue. As um, Brian Tracy, who many from the self-help community might know, Mentions no one's coming to the rescue. Um, Sometimes we we look outside of ourselves for solutions, (laughs) and it's 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 almost like the tale of the person who wants to win the lottery and somebody that asks them, "Well, have you bought the ticket?" Uh, You have to be self-actionable in order to make your life become fruitful in in essence. So that that's very touching, and I shall certainly go and have a look at that painting. which brings me to the point of something that's very interesting about you, Mariam, that many of our listeners might not uh, not realize is that you were originally born in Morocco before moving to the U.S. Right? Yes. Um, has the vast culture and spice of Moroccan life ever featured in your work?
0: You know, I did. I did move away from Morocco when I was very young. But still, so much of Morocco was part of my upbringing because the way of my house was, the food we ate, we had tapestries and brass tables, and we just grew up with the culture even here. Um, So I had Morocco in the United States even growing up, but I I don't think overtly Moroccan themes have come through my painting, but having had that heritage, I do notice now, now that you know, the colors that I love, I love the color of terracotta and ochre, and I love mosaic pattern and certain even philosophy or mm-hmm. mysticism, I think, comes from, from that. I, I think that I can't help but be a product of,
1: of my family and mm-hmm. my, my heritage.
0: So I'm sure subtly, it, it does come
1: through. That's wonderful, and and have you ever been to Morocco or pla- have plans to 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 exhibit uh, in Morocco or, or even in Europe?
0: I have exhibited in Europe, but I haven't <laughs> gone myself. Usually, I ship my paintings out. Uh-huh. Uh, Morocco, I have participated one one other time, but again, it's it's I traveling to places like Morocco that aren't very wheelchair accessible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember, I'm in a I'm in a power wheelchair. Yes, so I it's it's quite daunting, but I do hope one day that I can, and I do have it on my bucket list to. Uh-huh go back to my family's home in, in Morocco one day.
1: I love the way you say power wheelchair. and, uh, <laughs> and well, Some people might think manual, which is very much easier to travel with. Right. I'm with you. Okay. Well, thank you for, for educating us. And another thing that I, I actually read today while I was on your social media site on Twitter, you were campaigning for uh, aircrafts to have wheelchair access and, um, is, is that something that has, in, in our day and age, and all that technology has not yet been introduced and is left to marry him, pare, to, <laughs> to to campaign?
0: Well, you know, I'm not alone. There are mm-hmm. so many in the dis- disability community. Mm-hmm. You know, one of our rights, uh, the ADA mm-hmm. uh, law 25 years ago, the laws in the United States, I don't know if it's different in England, but we were, one of the laws is equal Opportunities for transportation, and for some reason, the airline um, industry hasn't been made mandatory to do this. I mean, they figure because we can um, we can be transferred onto the airplane that Mm -hmm. this is that we are given access. It's not like we're being denied access to airplanes. But if you've ever seen somebody like me have to get on an airplane, you will know that is definitely not equal access. Right. Because, you know, we it's very uncomfortable the way we have to do things and transfer it onto aisle chairs and then brought on the plane while our wheelchairs are taken and putting in cargo. And it's just not very wheelchair friendly. So I don't know if it'll ever change. It would take a whole retrofitting of airplanes. Mm-hmm. So I doubt it's going to happen soon. But We can only hope and educate people of this situation. And it's my dream because I think more people would travel in wheelchairs. One of the biggest reasons why I don't travel a lot, like what I just described, going Mm. to Morocco, are issues like I know how hard it is to get on an airplane and how uncomfortable it is. So I think it would only help the disabled community become more active,
1: Absolutely, and if there's anyone out there from any of our listeners who can help Mariam achieve this, please, please get in touch with Mariam. We'll give the details of the website at the end of the the, the show. I think it's something that is is a necessity and a right for every human being to be able to to get around. Um, if you could meet anyone, dead or alive, Mariam, who would it be? You know, this
0: is the hardest question ever there are so many options I mean I've been asked this before in interviews um you know the big ones come to mind Jesus Christ maybe <laughs> um you know Gandhi you know I don't know living you know if I were to just casually give you an answer maybe the answer that popped in my mind this morning um uh, would be I would say if I can meet anyone dead or alive I would choose alive and that would be the artist. Banksy. I don't know if you know who Banksy is. Maybe some of your listeners will know. Banksy is a graffiti artist who has been making um, really sometimes politically charged graffitis all over the world, and he's remained anonymous. (laughs) Yeah. And so I would love to meet Banksy so I could be in that really cool club of people who knows who he really is, because everybody's always debating who's Banksy. Is that Banksy? You know, so if I could meet Banksy, that would be fantastic. Banksy
1: if you're out there. <laughs> you know you want to meet me, call me. <laughs> absolutely. Do do that, please. And the question is how will you know if it's a he or she and whether whether it really is Banksy? You but, know, that's a good question. <laughs>
0: I know it's a he because I've seen right. his
1: silhouettes. Now, Mariam? I know I'm keeping you here for a very long time. I've I've got to ask you, what would you say to people who have always thought about taking up art? They've never done so. And what can creative bring out in people?
0: What can creativity bring out with people? I would say to those who might have always thought about painting or drawing, but they have never done it. I would say, hey, what are you afraid of? What's stopping you? And whatever that is, I would encourage them to try and to not be afraid. You know, I go back to my story about not being very good at being a mouth painter at mm-hmm. the beginning. I was almost discouraged, but there are so many benefits from painting. It's so fun, it's so freeing. You can really discover yourself and communicate with the world through art. So if anyone is hesitating, I would say, why? Mm-hmm try, you can only try. And then the second part of that advice, I would say is, if you're not very good at first, stick with it and stay present and enjoy the process. Because it's not always about the end result. The the the, the talent comes later, the skill comes later. But the process is so enjoyable. I think that's why any of us want to do art in the first place.
1: That's very true. And where do you think your amazing attitude you really do have a strong attitude a strong spirit of overcoming given your past adversities where where do you think you find this from i think i find it from a long
0: time 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 from healing from uh, getting a little distance from the very very hard times in the beginning um also i feel like I've learned so much that part of my optimism now is I'm so happy to have come through some of this thing, these things that I'm so happy to share it and encourage other people to find resolution and peace in their lives that I get very excited about that. I have a deep empathy for other people who may have gone through struggles and Because I know what it's like, and I just, I want to be a positive example. I want to, I want to break the stereotypes about people with disabilities. I want to show that we are intelligent, capable, employable, sexual, creative, all these things to break all these stereotypes. Mm -hmm. I want to be that example. Um, And that's why I try to remain positive and, and encouraging and, Somebody has to do that, and we can do that. And you know, I just, I just want to help. I want to be part of the positive change of this world.
1: Wow! And you certainly are. Uh, I was looking today at a comment that you, you help a lot of artists yourself. Um, if anyone goes on the social network Twitter and looks up uh, Mariam, and it's with an M, Mariam Pare. Um, you will notice that you actually support a lot of other artists. And not only that, you also help and and, and show youngsters how how to paint and you give a lot of talks. Although those are just words. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is you really, really help. (laughs) And and I think you you do it because you care. You You can feel that you care from your comments, from your inspiration, from your encouragement. And, and and from the way that you're talking to us today, it's all been about you giving, you giving back to other people. And for someone who has not just overcome such adversities, for someone who's an artist, artists tend to sometimes, and I'm generalizing here, and I know that um, I may be criticized, sometimes artists can have an ego and not want to give of themselves. And and, and you you tend to, to give a lot of yourself. And... Um, for all the listeners out there who might be going through struggles right now, how would you describe your journey to success and what three qualities would you say that it took to get there?
0: Um, wow, my journey to success. I would say that, especially if somebody else is going through struggles right now, things that helped me are... You know, one, be kind to yourself, like we were talking Mm -hmm. about. You have to give yourself mercy because you're not always going to get it from other people. So sometimes you have to be the one who's nice to yourself. Um, The second thing I would say, especially if they're facing something very negative or difficult in their life, I I would say to be part of their own solution. Train your mind to not be self-defeating, like for example, you know, when I was first disabled, I would constantly cry Mm -hmm. about what would have been, what could have been, what should have been, how my life was supposed to be, why did this happen, those thoughts became so toxic, that I had to literally stop my mind from thinking them every time they would come in my mind, because it did me no good, I had to concentrate on what I had, what what reality was, and how to move forward, so... You have to learn how to pull out of the negativity and look forward. That would be the second thing I would say. And the third Mm -hmm. thing I would say is to don't give up and to keep trying. Mm -hmm. Anything worth having is worth working hard for. Things aren't easy. That's real. And you have to stick with it if if you want it. And uh, if the people are going through struggles, if they're listening right now, I'm so sorry. If you, if you are, and, and there's people out there who
1: understand, so stay strong. It does get better. Wow. Those um, are not only words of wisdom, that came from your soul. <laughs> and um, you, ha- having given so much, do you ever require a break from your painting? And, and what other things do you do to chill out and relax?
0: You know, I'm always painting. I, I might need a break if my neck hurts. You know, yeah. But I I'm always compelled to do it. Um, but I do involve myself with other artistic um, endeavors. I I love doing photography. I love doing videos. I make video tutorials on YouTube. If anyone mm. wants to look me up on YouTube, um, and I do a lot of advocacy work. But none of that is work. It it even that helps me relax being part of these different things are also enjoyable to me um so it's not often that I take a complete break from being creative because that's that's what I find most wonderful about life so why why would I ever
1: want to stop wow and um, Mariam if the listeners want to find out more about your work and everything that you do where can they get more information well, I
0: would love it if they would come find me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook at Mariam Paré Art and Design. But the link to that is also on my website. Mm-hmm. And my website, which I have all my paintings and um, artwork for sale and um, all kinds of pictures of my travels and my work. Um, and that address is www.merriamparé.com. And Miriam is M-A-R-I-A-M. Pare is P
1: A R E dot com. All one word. MarionPare dot com. That's wonderful. And and I noted that the, the E at the end has like a an accent. Is that yes. um yeah. Would that wh- where where would that come from? I'm always fascinated. French. That's actually uh-huh. I have
0: a French last name. My my father's great-grandfather was from France, so uh-huh. I've somehow got a French last name, yes. But uh-huh. you don't
1: have to put that in the URL when you're typing the website. No, yet. absolutely not. Mariam, that's, it's, it, I could go on forever, honestly. I, I know the people say that. I All know, the, this is <laughs> <been> so fun. <laughs> it's, it's been so much fun. So thank you so, so much for coming and inspiring and, and simply telling people about how they too can overcome not just challenges, how they can live life extraordinarily. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today on the Success Journeys podcast.
0: Katie, thank you for letting me be here and, and speak on these topics. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself. Thank you.
1: If this episode inspired you to live your life with purpose, why not inspire others to change their life too by sharing this podcast with your friends on Facebook, Twitter and other social media. For more inspiring interviews, check out our website at thesuccessjourneys.com. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to the Success Journeys podcast on iTunes. And please, do leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. This is Katie Napoleon Hill, sending you love and sunshine. Till next time.